The McDonald's off Clay seemed an unlikely place for espionage. One might as well attempt to defect at Woolworth's. West Berlin, guarded by 12,000 Allied troops and surrounded by half a million soldiers of the Warsaw Pact? A defection there would make sense. The dark and snowy hollows of Grunewald Forest, six miles from the wall and a stone's throw from the Berlin Brigade headquarters? Certainly. Twenty-nine and single, with a degree in public policy from the University of Maryland, Ruby Keller was a ground-floor foreign service officer. She was a newbie to the State Department, handling visa applications, lost passports, and any other piddling issue that confronted U.S. citizens visiting West Berlin. She never admitted it during the daily calls to her mother, but an inordinate amount of her workday was spent getting coffee for all the good old boys in this isolated outpost of the State Department. Everyone told her she'd be under the microscope, watched by all kinds of alphabet soup agencies, Russians trying to get her to spy, Americans making sure she didn't. Crazy stuff for an Indiana farm girl. The Clayley McDonald's, the first restaurant in Germany with a drive through window, seemed safe, like home, laughably far from all the international intrigue. Keller stomped her feet when she came in from the cold and shook the snow off her jacket. It was late, after ten, but her internal clock was still jiggered toward the time in Washington, D.C., where she'd attended eighteen months of training, and her body thought it was about time to eat dinner. She'd spent the last fifteen minutes walking from her apartment near the diplomatic mission and had to squint under the stark glare of phosphorescent lighting. It was hard to believe she was still in Germany. The whole place could have been teleported directly from her hometown of Evansville. She ordered a hamburger royal, a quarter pounder, but that didn't translate into the metric system, and fries. The shake machine was broken. Ruby was accustomed to chilly winters and had contemplated eating outside during her walkover, but it turned out to be a little too cold for that much adventure. Instead, she found a table by the window and nibbled on her sandwich, just like the ones at home, and people watched. Dinner rush was well past, but Europeans eat late, and G.I.s ate all the time. The kids behind the counter spoke English, as did 90% of the customers, most of whom were soldiers or civilian employees of the British or U.S. military. Ruby spoke German, very well, in fact, but had hoped to be able to practice a lot more. The vast majority of Germans she'd met since her arrival spoke English. They just gave her a sort of blank stare if she even tried to Deutsch sprechen. With all the chatter among the patrons about new American movies and V8 hot rods, it was easy to forget they were sitting smack in the heart of communist Germany. State Department diplomatic security agents had warned her before she left Washington. Hauptverwaltung Aufklärung, HVA, the counterintelligence operatives of the dreaded Stasi, assumed every single person at Mission Berlin was a spy. The CIA did nothing to dissuade the East Germans of this notion, since it caused them to waste manpower. From what Keller had read, that mattered little. The Stasi enlisted pretty much everyone in the country to their cause, giving them an almost unlimited supply of personnel to spy, mostly on one another. 
Surveillance was a foregone conclusion. It was prudent to assume every room and telephone outside the embassy was bugged, if not by HVA, then by West German intelligence, BND. A sheltered Indiana orchestra kid, Ruby found the whole thing fascinating. People called what they were living in a cold war, and for the most part that was right. But when it boiled over, it did so in a very big way. Tensions between East and West were at their worst since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Every month, that knot of war that Khrushchev warned Kennedy about pulled tighter and tighter until it seemed there would be no untying it without swords. Pershing two missiles bristling all over Europe, American overflights of disputed islands, not to mention the President's Strategic Defense Initiative, all had the Soviets feeling twitchy and worried about their future. The rubles that had been used to prop up satellite states were repurposed for missiles meant to counter the capitalist threat of the main enemy, the United States. That left East Germany with a dwindling treasury and few resources to replace the missing Soviet assistance. Everyone was on edge. 